Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you for joining me on Locked on Coyotes. As we are back again, it is a gorgeous Thursday. It's another Coyotes game day. We'll have a podcast, this one obviously right now. Um, we'll have a little bit of a post-game special for you um, that will go up uh, Friday uh, morning. Uh, by morning, I mean about midnight, 1 a.m. Uh, we'll be where the, the release is. And then Friday afternoon, we'll have a weekend uh, update. So three podcasts coming at you in two days to hopefully uh, fulfill your podcast needs and your Coyotes news needs. And the Arizona Coyotes are uh, on a roll again. They're back uh, to, I think, uh, better hockey, at least. I wouldn't say back to the what they were early on. Again, still pretty early on in the season, but it will be game 20 this evening. And uh, the Arizona Coyotes get a chance to get some redemption against the Minnesota Wild as they lost that last game last time out. That was actually last Saturday. And so five days later, Arizona and Minnesota Lockhorns. And I think an interesting uh, note for that game tonight, and uh, this is coming from Craig Morgan of The Athletic. Quote, Antiranta is the first goalie off the ice. Not surprised, et cetera, et cetera. But I think this is the most interesting part of the tweet. And, uh, quote, and Darcy Kemper had some verbal sparring with his old team the last time these two teams met, which, again, was last Saturday. So I think Rick Tockett is trying to try and make sure there's no bulletin board material. There's no extra fire for the Minnesota Wild. Again, Darcy Kemper, it was reported, uh, this is coming out of the Minnesota locker room that uh, Kemper may have been a little a little talkative in that first period, and uh, some interpreted it good, some interpreted it uh, not so friendly, and uh, maybe the reason that the Wild uh, decided that uh, they were going to put their foot on the gas even more, and uh, the Arizona Coyotes and Rick Tockett deciding to go anti-Ronto. Ronto was spectacular in Washington, so definitely not a wouldn't say a bad decision. He's played well. I think he's earned the playing time. But, um, <laughs> again, now I think you're starting to get into a situation. Again, that's a goaltending battle, and both guys are going to be upset. But Coyotes have two number one goaltenders. And maybe just split right down the middle, right? you got to think that maybe Kemper gets to start against Calgary on Saturday. And you just go from there. So, again, the biggest note uh, from this game uh, coming up tonight is Kemper is going to be on the bench, and it will be Ronta. And again, Kemper's played a, a good amount of games. Ronta was hurt early in the year, so maybe trying to catch back up to that uh, even. Not that I think they have to go 50-50 in her, oh, well, if it's not 50-50, we're not happy. But I definitely think it's uh, get a chance, give Kemper another day of rest, especially since they're going to be flying back. So uh, it'll be good for Kemper. He picked up that win on Thursday in the shootout against – or on Tuesday against St. Louis – Day off yesterday, they play tonight, and then they don't play till Saturday. So, a good uh, two full days off, uh, Thursday or uh, three days off, excuse me, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then uh, play on Saturday. So Kemper should be ready to go. You would think for the game against the Calgary Flames. If not, again, not that big of a deal. But uh, again. Craig Morgan reporting that it will be anti-Ronta, so I think, and I think it's good, right? You don't want to give Minnesota, like we talked about, the the extra material, the extra fire, the, hey, you know, we want to go out and, and we want to take it to this guy and, and you know, show that 
he's still wrong and he shouldn't be talking all that all that mess. And so again, the Coyotes uh, not giving any fire to uh, the Minnesota Wild, a team that went on a road trip and I think had a surprising a surprising road trip in in terms of who they beat. Um, went on the road. They beat Anaheim, who at the time was in a really good position for a playoff spot. And they beat the Coyotes. But they lost to the Sharks, who, again, the Sharks have turned it around. But at that time, the Sharks still uh, kind of reeling a little bit. And then they lost to the Kings, who are uh, now tied in last place with the Minnesota Wilds. So um, a 2-2 two and two road trip. And I think a lot of people would have – I think if you looked at that road trip at the time, again, Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona, Los Angeles – you would have said, yeah, two and two is reasonable, right? They get L.A., a game that they definitely, at least I think in terms of a team, are better. And they get San Jose, who's struggling. Well, they beat Anaheim, who's now back on the downswing, lose to San Jose, then beat Arizona, and then lost to L.A. So I think kind of a, a weird road trip for them. Uh, they, they get four to eight points, which, again, isn't terrible when you – going to put that in a bubble, but with the way their season is going, if they want to climb back into it, they have a lot of work to do, and I just don't know if they are going to be able to do so. They get uh, two games at home this week. It's Arizona Thursday, Carolina Saturday, and then they're off for two days before they fly to Buffalo for one game. Kind of an odd schedule for them. After the Carolina game, uh, next Tuesday they play at Buffalo, then come home to play Colorado, then back on the road, Boston, New York, New Jersey. So Again, a flight from Minnesota to Buffalo and then to Boston isn't um, as insane as it would be down to Arizona, but kind of an odd way that schedule was set up. But Minnesota, three of their next four games are going to be at home, and I think they want to start off that kind of interrupted homestand, for lack of a better term, starts off on the right foot. I think it's a team that at some point – Again, not that teams quit, right? I don't think teams just don't try. But at, at what point do we finally say that Minnesota is is out of it, right? Like they're 18 games in. Uh, the guys that they want to produce, I don't think, are producing as much. Um, their leader right now, Eric Stahl, 14 points in 18 games. Uh, they have they're on the higher side in terms of uh, team age, so it, it it might be time to kind of start to clean clean out the cabinets a little bit. The guys that still have some value, shoot them off and, and see, what, uh, see what they can get for them. Um, I think it'll be – this trade deadline is going to be interesting. Um, have a lot of uh, older players that I think could contribute, right, a guy like Eric Stahl. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, a great defense, and he's only 29. I mean, if they're feeling that desperate, maybe they'll – They'll ship him off, see if uh, they can get some good value. Uh, a guy like Jason Zucker, he's 27. I think he he's a good part of their future. But, again, I, I don't think you say no if you're Minnesota and you're out of it. If somebody's willing to give you a, a good price for a guy like Jared Spurgeon. Spurgeon turning 30, again, guys at 30 aren't out of the league. This isn't a league, you know, by the time you're 30, it's, you know, it's over and, and you should start calling it quits. But uh, definitely – kind of at that point where you start to wonder, okay, is this a guy that's going to be a part of our our long-term five-year? Because in five years, he's going to be 34. And I think 
if Minnesota starts to kind of falter a little bit, uh, yeah, I think it'll be um, – I think they'll start maybe thinking about, okay, are we going to go for a five-year plan, things like that. I mean, you saw it with the Coyotes when five years ago they started selling guys off. They knew – kind of saw the writing on the wall, uh, trade away Martin Hansel and – you know, Keith Yandel and, and all those guys. I mean, that was kind of spread out a little bit on in those trades, but uh, Mikhail Bodker was a deadline deal. Like, you see these teams start to understand, okay, maybe it's time to start thinking about the future and three, four, five years down the road. So be interesting to see what Minnesota does. But the Coyotes, again, they get a chance to jump on a team that isn't feeling that good about themselves, maybe in a calmer environment in terms of who's on the ice, and, again, uh, Auntie Ronta to start, so no chance for Darcy Kemper, at least in net, to kind of run his mouth. I'm sure Rick Talk had had a discussion with Darcy Kemper. And, again, not that Kemper is typically a, a loud guy and, and an in-your-face guy, but he, he knows a lot, of goes, a lot of those guys on the Minnesota team. And uh, I'm sure Rick Talk had a discussion with him, especially after that report came out. And um, I think we'll see a, a little more silent Darcy Kemper tonight. But, We'll see if, if that makes a difference for the Coyotes and see if, uh, especially if they do jump out to a lead, if they're able to hold on to it. So yesterday I was uh, driving home from Rick Bronson's Comedy Club out uh, by Desert Ridge up in that Scottsdale area. A gorgeous place to uh, go, a great comedy club. Uh, but uh, while I was on my way back home, I got a chance to listen to a podcast, and it's one that uh, downloaded the Score app, a great app, by the way. Uh, sounds Kind of like some free plugs here. <laughs> it really is, but the score, uh, my go-to app in terms of uh, getting what I, you know, the obviously by the name the score, so you have the the cool updates. But they do produce a weekly NHL podcast, and it's called Puck Pursuit. It's hosted by uh, John Mattis, and uh, is the national hockey writer for the app. In this most recent episode, he interviews John Chica, and it there's a couple interesting. Takeaways from this interview, and John Chica always a great interview. I've had a chance to talk with him uh, a couple times, and he's a great interview. He's uh, an open book, I think, as open book as you can be as an NHL general manager. But he's always excited to talk, always talking up his team, his staff, and uh, one of the interesting things was is when he was hired, he was 26 years old, 11 months, and I remember a lot of people ripped that decision. You're you're hiring a stats guy and a guy who's 27 and hasn't even cut his teeth in an NHL front office, and just kind of a lot of a lot of talk from a lot of the old the the old guard, right? And I think that's to be expected. I think you see that in a lot of sports. You saw when Cliff Kingsbury came in, uh, he's got that treatment and. Yeah, whether whether it's rightfully so or not, uh, depending on what the sport is, is, is fine. But um, again, discounted because he's so young and he never really worked in an NHL, you know, front office and doesn't have that twenty years of experience of being a scout and an assistant GM. And he's come in. I he's been the best GM that the Coyotes have had uh, since they've come to Arizona. And I know Don Maloney assembled that team in twenty twelve and. I think the game was a little bit different than it is now. I think it was still a, a lot more open and, and freewheeling game than it was, say, in 2002. But I still think there was a little more of the physical aspect to it. I think the Coyotes were one of those last true teams that kind of got away with not having a ton of skill and making it that far in the playoffs. 
I know a lot of people would say, well, what about the Blues? They were kind of a heavy team. I, there's a difference between being heavy and not being skilled. The Blues were unbelievably skilled. That's why when they were so bad early on, it was so crazy to think that a team with those players just couldn't get it together. Uh, but, again, John Shike, I think, has been the best general manager in the Coyotes' history since they've got here. I don't know if there's been one move where you have looked and you said, ooh, that was really bad. Maybe the Galchenyuk move, Max Domi is uh, really finding his game, but I think Max was just having a hard time. And I don't think this was all on him. I think he just having a hard time adjusting here in Arizona. Maybe he just wasn't the right fit. Um, and now in Montreal, looks like he's uh, playing to his potential. He had 72 points last year, which – a lot of people thought that's what he was going to be for the Coyotes. He's got 12 points through 18 games this year. So um wouldn't say that was necessarily a bad trade because you flipped Galchenyuk to get Kessel. Now Kessel isn't playing the level a lot of people thought he was going to. But, again, I think there's just going to be a little, little more of an adjustment period. Anyways, but there isn't one move where you just look at it and you say, oh, my, that was, that was awful. And with Don Maloney, especially at the end of the year, there was a lot of those. There was a lot of those pick or those moves where you're like, it's pretty questionable, especially that Devin Dubnik. I think that's the one that kind of had a lot of people calling, you know, really waving that flag. Like, hey, if that if that's not a red flag, that a guy who is playing well, I think Don Maloney sold him early, and you got a, a second round pick. That's it. That's all it took to get an NHL caliber goaltender. Now, again, Minnesota did not cash in in terms of getting to a Stanley Cup final, but he's been do Devin Dubnik has been fantastic for Minnesota. And uh, when you look at John Chaika's tenure, you feel like he hasn't made a lot of bad moves. Not every move has obviously worked out, but he hasn't made a lot of moves where you're like, oh man, that was terrible and, and what is he doing and what is he thinking? Um but I think it's just interesting. They talked with him and just kind of asked him about why he's been so successful and, and you know, what what has he done and, and since he's got in there. And he's always giving his staff praises. They talked about his video. Um, his video department has five guys and how, how important they are. And I think talking with John Chaika and having him give those answers is showing how things are starting to change in the NHL. Baseball is a sport where analytics aren't accepted 100% quite yet. I think year by year you're starting to see more people, especially the old, the older generation of those who've worked in the Major League Baseball system are starting to kind of come around. There's still obviously those, well, you know, game isn't played on paper type thing. And with the, with the Coyotes and, and with hockey, it's a little bit different. I think it's harder to get those analytics and to make predictions off those analytics than it is with baseball. But um, – just showing that, you know, advanced video and advanced stats can help uh, a lot. Um, so it's just showing that the Coyotes could be the revelation of, of the new way hockey departments go about drafting and scouting and making off-season moves and even making in-season moves. So, um, and the other takeaway, and I think this one was a little more lighthearted, there's actually two. Um, one, his wife, him and his wife have a bunch of, uh, Wendy's franchises. Now they didn't dive into where these franchises were at. Not sure if they're in Arizona or not, but kind of interesting to see that, um, his wife, uh, runs that and they had met at, uh, in college, 
back in Canada, and his wife manages a lot of those. And he was talking about that it's really interesting and it's really good for him to see a different business, right? I mean, he's all hockey when he goes to work and the way the cash flows and the way, you know, you make money and the way you market's a little bit different than you would for a restaurant. But um, he says it's, he said it was good for him to kind of see another business and kind of another side of things. So I think it's interesting that a guy, a general manager, kind of 20, uh, almost 30 years old, really expanding his horizons and, and understanding that, you know, when he's done with hockey, maybe there is another life of managing chain restaurants and things like that. So, uh, and then I think the other one was, is he is so open to talking with others who are trying to get to where he's at, right? It's not that anybody's coming for his job. I don't want to make it sound like that, but um, I, I think, uh, you know, he, the Ivy sports leadership conference that he goes to and uh, he just talks about that. Yeah. You know, he, he, talks to anybody who comes up to him and is happy to give advice and for a guy at at 30 years old who has turned a franchise around a franchise that was spinning in circles uh, at the bottom of the standings starting to make their way back up and I think that um, just that interview with Chayka really not that he isn't a talkative guy again he talks to the media and, and he answers and he's very open but I f- for me, that's the first real big national sit-down piece that I've heard from him, and he was very good, and I think it just shows that he is the right man for the job, got that contract extension, and so, uh, you know, the team that he's put together looks good right now, and the team that he put together is going to be back on the ice later tonight as they will take on the Minnesota Wild, so we'll see if those moves have paid off, and Speaking of that game, you get home and you had a long day at work. Uh, maybe you're in school, had a tough day there. Are you still stuck at the office by 6 p.m.? I hope not. But if you are, you can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. That's right. You don't even have to get off your couch. 6 p.m., right? Kind of that awkward time. Got to get home. Uh, but once you get home, the game's on. You don't have to You don't have to get back out. or and You don't want to cook. You don't want to miss a second of the action. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city, no matter where you're listening to around the United States and Canada. Ordering is easy. All you do, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. And not only is your favorite restaurant, uh, your favorite restaurant, your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might even find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and in Canada, order from your local to-go's or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, which owned by John Chica, some of those franchises, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. And don't worry about dinner. Let the dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners, which is you, can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On once again. $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Locked On. Don't forget promo code Locked On for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. As we always do here on Locked On Coyotes, take a look around the league Wednesday night that a little more busy than I think you, you would normally see. I think the, the quietest days usually, excuse me, are Mondays. And. Uh, 
but uh, somewhat relatively busy day yesterday. Uh, a good slate of action. The Senators beat the Devils 4-2. to two. Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who is the newest member of the Seth Askelson Fantasy Hockey Team. Three goals. I had picked him up yesterday afternoon, so it didn't count for my total. But matters is he needs to stay hot. Three goals for Pajot. Borowiecki scores as well. Uh, Wayne Simmons gets his third goal. Butcher his second in the first period for New Jersey. That was it for them as the Devils are starting to look uh, like this might not be the year. And this might be it for Taylor Hall in the Garden State. Uh, go over to the island. The Islanders beat the Maple Leafs 5-4, 13-3-1 now for New York as Barzell scores. Bouvillier scores twice. Broussard and Sezika score in the third. And Toronto, Casperi uh, Kapanen, Will Nylander gets his eighth as well as Hull and Tavares score in the third. And Tavares scored at 19-22. So made it close. It was a 5-3 game for a good chunk of that third period. And uh, actually it was a um, check that a five to two game for uh, or a four to two game for a good chunk of that third period. Then Sezika scores at seventeen thirty two, Hole scores at eighteen thirty eighteen thirteen, and then Tavares at nineteen twenty two. So it got pretty dicey there at the end for the Islanders, but they hold on to win. The Capitals take down the Flyers in a shootout two to one. Brendan Leipzig scores in regulation. Giroux on the power play in regulation for the Flyers. Uh, Leipzig scores for the Capitals. They beat, win two to one in the shootout. The Stars take down the Flames 3-1, to one, gold by Joe Pavelski. He scores twice, and Jim Dowling. And then Sean Monahan, a power play goal for the Flames. And the Blackhawks back to 500. They're at 7-7-4 seven, seven with a 5-3 win over the Golden Knights. Patrick Kane scores. Calvin DeHaan and Eric Gustafson each score their first. Uh, Kirby Dock his third. And Dylan Strom his fourth. Fort Vegas, Carrier, Carlson, and Nate Schmidt. The goal scorers for the Vegas Golden Knights, not the uh, Golden Knights I th <laughs> of old, I guess you would say. I mean, uh, they haven't been uh, in the league that long, obviously, and um, doesn't uh, doesn't mean that uh, doesn't mean that they're not as good as they were the, uh, the last two years, and uh, they're starting to fall off a little bit uh, right now. They're uh, they're tied for that second wild card spot, but they have played one more game than Vegas and have one uh, less win. So uh, they're in a dogfight. And Dallas and Anaheim nipping right at the heels. Uh, go through the standings first in the East. Washington and the Islanders both won last night, so they kind of keep pace with each other. In the Metro, they're 1-2. Philadelphia gets the shootout point. They're at 23. Third in the Metropolitan Division. The Flyers looking pretty solid this year, especially after the way they started. I didn't think... Thought they'd have another kind of middle-of-the-road season, but it's like they may have figured it out. In the Atlantic, no movement there. None of the teams in the top three played the night before. Boston, Montreal, and Florida in that order. Pittsburgh, they have 22 points. They were idle. Again, Toronto, their regulation loss. That's their second straight at 22 points. Carolina and Buffalo, who, again, did not play last night. They still sit right behind Toronto at 21 and 20 points respectively. From there out, Tampa Bay 18, the Rangers with 18, Columbus with 16, Ottawa, their win gets them to 15 points, Detroit with 15, and New Jersey with 14 points in last place. In the West, not a ton of movement, only um, not a ton of action in the West from last night. Uh, Calgary did play against Dallas, and that was a big one in terms of 
of the Coyotes is in the Pacific. Nothing changes. Uh, Edmonton, Arizona, and Vancouver sit where they were uh, coming into last night, 26, 24, 23 points respectively. In the Central, again, same thing as the Pacific. Nobody played, nobody moved. St. Louis, Colorado, Nashville, 1, 2, 3. There in the wild card spot, regulation loss keeps Calgary at 23 points in that wild card spot. Winnipeg, 21 points. Uh, Vegas has 21, like we talked about. Dallas with their win, they have 20. Anaheim, 20 points as well. Chicago's won two in a row. They have 18. San Jose on a four-game win streak. They were idle. They are at 17. And then Minnesota and Los Angeles, both tied with the same exact records. 13 total points, 6-11-1. And, and they are tied for last place in the National Hockey League. Tonight's slate of actions, a pretty good one, a uh, pretty good set tonight. Um, got the Hurricanes and the Sabres, the Rangers and the Lightning, the Jets and the Panthers all starting at 7 Eastern, 5 Arizona time. Again, the Wild host the Coyotes. That's a 6 o'clock start in Arizona, 8 Eastern for those of you watching around North America and the world. I can't uh, do quick uh, math off the top of my head in terms of the rest of the time zones. Um, but uh, anyway, 6 o'clock Arizona time start for the Coyotes game. Uh, not at 9 Eastern, 7 Arizona time, Avs and Oilers uh, against the uh, two of the better teams in the NHL. The Stars on a back-to-back -back get a chance to get uh, another win, continue their hot streak as they uh, go to Vancouver. The Sharks host the Ducks, or the Sharks go to the Ducks, excuse me. Both of those games, the Canuck, uh, Stars, Canucks, Sharks, Ducks at 8 Arizona time, 10 Eastern, then at 10.30 Eastern, 8.30 Arizona time. The Red Wings and the Los Angeles Kings. So again, don't forget we'll have a post-game reaction, post-game coverage for you um, coming out Friday morning, and sometime Friday afternoon, closer to the evening time. We'll have a weekend uh, kind of weekend update, weekend preview for you. So a couple more podcasts on the week for you to consume. Again, appreciate you listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, is at s a s k e l s o n nine six. Once again, that is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O underscore Coyotes. That is at L-O underscore Coyotes. Appreciate you again for joining us here. Don't forget a couple more, some more content coming out tomorrow for you. But until then, hope you enjoy the game tonight and hope you stay locked on Coyotes.